thank you for choosing to spend your afternoon here with us. For those who don't know, I'm Patricia Ogan-Faber and I do a podcast show to help people maximise property values. It's called Maximising Property Values. It's on all your popular platforms, Apple and Spotify and Google and Audible, all of them. But you can click on the link above and if you see your favourite listening app, you can subscribe to it through there. That, however, normally is a monologue, but I've now added a guest series and my guest today is Ian Walmsley. We are going to try to get to know Ian a little bit better today. And I'm nosy, Ian, so get ready, get ready, get ready. So who is Ian? The Ian that I know is a very knowledgeable and generous man. But that's not all. He's a third generation funeral director whose grandfather built one of the first estates in Basildon. The love of developing runs through his veins. And let me not forget, he's also the planning geek. He's also known as the planning geek and he is the planning geek. So Ian, welcome to Maximising Property Values. Thank you. But before we go into your main property activities, so this is the nosy part of me coming out. Mm -hmm. There's always like two to three questions that people aren't really expecting and I never notify them in advance what these questions are. And that's the fun of it for me. (laughs) Um, So your first question is this. What's the weirdest thing that you experienced whilst working as a funeral director? And then your second question. Don't don't ask me too many questions at (laughs) once. I'm I'm used to multiple questions. Otherwise, I'll get to the third one and I'll have forgotten the first one. So, um, (laughs) first question, yes. I mean, what's the weirdest? I suppose when you, I mean, obviously, being a funeral director, and I'll, I'll hasten to add, I'm, I'm no longer in the business. Um, we sort of sold, sold out many years ago. But um, the thing is that you're, off, you're often dealing with, obviously, bereaved people and, um, you know, upset people and who, who you know, experience that in, in different ways. And, you know, you, you always have to act professionally and, you know, respect the family and everything else. However, it doesn't always work like that, to be honest. And I suppose the the two things that spring to my mind is is in a way doing what the family wanted. Um, and the two instances I can think, which I'll briefly say, is is first of all, I was um, conducting a, a jazz uh, funeral. Some someone in the jazz band had died, and um, we were we gone to it as a as a burial, so we we had the service in the uh, chapel of the uh, the the cemetery, and then normally we would put the coffin back into the earth and you know drive her to the grave, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. However, on this occasion they wanted to to walk between the chapel and the thing. Now, what they had was a full jazz band playing, um, and I'm sure you can picture the sort of seeing me me up front with my top hat and tails on, um, my stick with me and everything else, and uh, sort of behind me, coffee, and then the jazz band, then all the mourners. And it was becoming harder and harder, this walk. And um, I was having to sort of walk, and I could feel that the 
I could sense that the the obviously the band were playing, um, you know, jazz music, very upbeat and all all wonderful stuff. And I could feel that the the guys carrying the coffin were sort of jigging around a bit. And I thought, you know what, blow blow her this um, because everyone else behind was sort of dan- dancing along. So uh, so there there was me um, middle of a L- London cemetery, and I thought, oh, you know what, I'm just going to have fun fun here. So there was me dan- dancing around in the front and. Uh, just sort of giving it all. And, and to be honest, I was thanked so much afterwards because it was exactly what the family wanted. And, um, so to them, it was, it, it was great. Um, and I suppose the other weird thing was I did, I was, for those of you that know Act, Acton, that, that was where my branch was at the time. And, um, roughly between sort of Shepherd's Bush and Ealing, if anyone knows West, West London. And, um, we had a rather large funeral. It was a, uh, um, West Indian lady, um, sorry, gent- gentleman, sorry, that died, um, first of all. Um, and, um, I was tasked with doing the funeral and, um, I knew it was going to be a very, very big funeral. So I sort of got the sort of local police to assist and what have you. Um, and you, you always have to have client confidentiality. And, uh, so I went into the, uh, the news agents that was across, across the road, and uh, someone said, oh, I've, I've heard there's royal, royalty on the funeral here today. And I said, I'm very sorry, sir. I'm afraid I can't comment as to who may or may not be at the funeral. You know, as, as you can't. So that, that, that meant, yes, there was. Uh, and all of a sudden, they were like, sort of, when, when I came out of the office a bit later on to sort of start things, there was probably about five photographers there all waiting and, you know, with, with lens, lenses poised. But what actually happened on that was the police shut down the Uxbridge Road um, in Acton. And basically for about an hour, they wouldn't let a single vehicle through the Uxbridge Road whilst we were having the funeral and or the, the church service and everything else. So so that was the day that I, I actually sort of, we had, I mean, I must admit, we did have a few hundred people in attendance. So it was quite big. Um but we we basically I I managed to stop the traffic from uh, beyond Shepherd's Bush in one way and beyond Ealing in the other way uh, for for about an hour and then I had sort of police escorts and done other Wales and yes it was a bit of a different day and I think I got home about four o'clock in the morning from memory uh, because I got invited back to the house and uh, it was a very very long day but very enjoyable and then I got invited to actually sort of do the next one and they they wanted me back over in Jamaica to. Uh, to uh, do do a funeral over there but um but yes it, it's all about giving service to the family and i i, I suppose in a way that that carries through into my prop- property journey as well you're you're giving service to your clients and to your people that you 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 sell these properties to which i'm as i do as a developer will go into that but yeah that's that's so hope hope that answers your first question oh my goodness ian i've been killing myself with laughter <laughs> behind my behind my mic oh my goodness what fun because when you when you were telling us about the first one and you said it was becoming difficult to walk I'm mm. thinking why is it the music mm. or was it something else and then <laughs> when you elaborated oh I I, I could just picture that scene yeah. oh how much fun um, yeah just sort of taking the top hat off and just sort of yeah just you know just 
giving people what what they want want in life you know so yeah and the thing is i guess it takes a funeral really for the people left behind to actually appreciate that they're alive and whilst we're alive indeed. you know there's hope um, indeed you know when you're dead it's over but until yeah. then you mm -hmm. know yeah oh great stuff great stuff and then so your second question is this have you ever experienced extreme temptation before? In what circumstances and how did you overcome if it ever happened? Great, temp sorry, great temptation in, in, any, in, any, in any context, but not property. <sighs> great temptation, <laughs> blimey. Um, I I'm loving this. <laughs> I thank you, thank you. Um, great temptation. I suppose. I suppose the when I sort of um, I had to give up business. I had to. Well, I had to give up my job because of illness. Um, and so, you know, I suppose in a way, my only real choice was to work for myself. This was, this was back in the nineties. Um, and, um, you know, I suppose I was, I don't know if it is being temp tempted. It wasn't a lot of choice really, to be honest, Patricia. And it was, uh, um, I just had to, I'm not, I'm not a big one for, for temptation, to be honest. Um, Apart from holidays and trips and goodness knows what else I I do to relax, you know. But I wouldn't say it's necessarily temptation. Um, no, I, I I'm struggling here, Patricia. I'm really I'm struggling, and I'm not often lost 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 for words. I'm sure you know. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. it just it just means that you're because when I when I was thinking about this question, because um, I do write them down, because otherwise I won't remember what I thought I was going to ask someone. And um, and I was, as I was writing it down, I thought, hmm, I wonder if this is the right question for Ian. But I'm glad that I did ask it because you're 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 pausing and you're trying to think of something. Oh, I'm telling mm. you, I, I was I was enjoying that. I tell you, I thought you could streak in me. <laughs> oh, okay, great stuff. So we know a bit more about you that we won't find on the internet and we won't find on LinkedIn. We Indeed. are hearing about it here, which is part of what I love about these guest series. So thank you once more for being my guest on this. Right. Now, let's talk about your property activities. What's the third quest, 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 quest? I thought there were three, you know. No, I know. I thought I'd oh, there were two. two. All right. Leave it at two All right. for you. I do two to three, but I thought, <laughs> do you know, Ian's got so much to share. Let me not let me not take up his time asking my questions right. and being nosy. <laughs> um, right. right. So how many units are you currently developing and what challenges have you faced and overcome in those? I'm talking about the current ones. Yes, sure. I mean, the, um, the active site that I've got on the go at the moment, um, down in, I'm, first of all, I'm, you know, I, I think I call myself developer and I was planning, but as far as developing is concerned, um, our main sites are in the southwest of England. 
Um, so if you're if you're listening and, and and you're not actually from the UK, then then that's sort of down down the towards the bottom in the sort of the toe of the country, if you like, or the hill, um, depends which way you look at it. Um, and we have in South Devon um, our site down there. We've got we've sort of constructed well, constructed twenty two as a conversion um, properties there. On that particular site, we've got a further planning for a further nine dwellings, although to be honest, uh, five of those, uh, we're not actually going to probably build out, out now, despite getting the, the planning last year, uh, for those five. Um, but it will, we'll, 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 we'll convert, uh, take off a big pitch roof and put, put four dwellings as du- duplex apartments. Above the existing flats, um, that that should happen this this coming year. Um, elsewhere, um, currently building fourteen bungalows in North Desert in a place called West Westwood Ho. Um, oddly, on that we're actually in two different towns because the uh, the actual local political side of it, the councillors, all from West Westwood Ho, but Royal and Mail have given us a postcode in in, in Northern, so we're we're right on the border there between the two towns um and so we're building 14 bungalows there uh another site of ours um is i mean that's not in construction yet but we're going for planning uh but that's a longer term thing that will end up with being um about 20 apartments high-end luxury luxury apartments and four uh four bed or five bed house house houses and that's that's on the rivers Edge in in Cornwall, so uh, those are active sites at the moment. There are various other sites that um, that we are um, getting involved in else, elsewhere in the southwest and and else, elsewhere in the UK, to be honest as well. So, uh, but they are my main active sites at, at, at the moment. Oh, that's that's more than enough for most people. Um, um, so, what are you finding challenging at the moment in 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 that area of your work? Because um, everyone's talking about you know, the prices, not just materials, mm-hmm. but yeah, labour yeah. as well. How is that affecting what you're doing, if it's affecting you at all? It and is, it's not yeah. affecting you. No, it's not. It, it is affecting. Um, I'd be, I'd, I wouldn't be telling you the truth if uh, um, it wasn't. And I always try and tell tell the truth in whatever answers I give, whether, whether it be good or bad. Um, and to be honest, the last couple of years or three years have probably been pretty challenging because um we've obviously had covid unless 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 you've been living under under a rock for the last uh, couple of years so that has affected us uh our site kept on going um we, we didn't close any of the sites at all um so you know but there were obviously supply issues then with uh people and to isolate, um, you know, waiting for certain items. Perhaps, you know, for example, we had to wait for um, the, the ra- railings for the staircases. That that was one thing that held us up. Other things, you know, just general stuff like plaster. We had a problem with that for a while, like what else. Um, so, so those sorts of things have been a challenge, um, and sort of keeping the sites going. Um, but. You know, and currently, yes, I mean, material costs have gone up. Um, that has been a challenge with on our 14 bungalows. You know, our costs have risen, uh, beyond our original 
est- estimates, uh, but also the G- GDV's gone up there as well. Um, you know, so, you know, one, one does to a degree balance out the other, but unfortunately quite often the, the lending is quite often based upon, you know, older figures and stuff like that. And so, you know, in order to actually, um, you know, complete stuff, you, you often need, need, need to borrow a bit more money in the development finance, either, either through the, um, the bank concerned or, or privately. Um, so we do work with a num- number of investors, um, around the UK and abroad, um, to facilitate that. So, so we look at different angles that we can cover that shortfall. Um, but at least the, you know, GDVs have, uh, have gone up and, and we're already selling off, off plan there. So, um, yes, yeah, so there have been challenges, but uh, the important thing for me as a developer is, is having a good team around you. I mean, John, Jonathan, my right hand man, um, is my, my business partner and, you know, we work very well together. We've been working now for a few years together and, you know, having a good team around you is, is critical, whether that be, Quantity surveyors or QSs or accountants or surveyors, whatever they are, is just having those right people. And I often say one of the phrases I do is sort of the right people at the right time at the right price. And, you know, sometimes that costs money and you, but you have to have that team there to support you and to be able to go to when things aren't going right or you need backup or you need um evidence to on figures for QSs and all that. But it's just part part of the team, to be honest. So it's it's challenge challenges, but I would call them more sort of speed humps, if you like, in the uh, in, in the journey. So instead of just motoring along at sort of fifty, sixty, seventy miles an hour, whatever, you have to you have to slow down and, and navigate those those chicanes or those speed humps. Um, to carry on, on 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 your journey. So yeah, great stuff. Now, um, I I had a flashed message right now, and I can't find it. But the effect of it was that your site is absolutely amazing, and this person who flashed the message said they've also been referring people to your site. So you know, people, if you're in the room, tap on the link above my head. That is Ian's site. If you're not in the room and you're going to be listening to this on the podcast, Ian's site is www.planninggeek. So that's planning, P-L-A-N-N-I-N-G, geek, G-E-E-K, dot co, dot UK, planninggeek.co.uk. So Ian, if, say for instance, because my memory is not very good, um, so I really should be writing things down, but I'm just enjoying this conversation so much. I don't, I don't feel like writing anything down. That'll be too much night work. Um, so if someone um, was interested in investing mm-hmm. with you, how do they go about contacting you, and what might the process be? Um, to be honest, we, as I said before, we do work with investors, and you know, it's just not a pitch. I don't, I, don't, I, I actually hate pitch. Pitching is awful, but I know uh, you're not I'm pitching. Not, I'm I, not. I'm I, not. I, asked I know. I know. Of course you did. I know. Um, I mean, first of all, we it very much depends upon um, the individual as to the amounts that people want to invest. Um, you know, it's and it's either done as as a sort of a straight loan, or we do a 
um, sort of an earn and learn type thing. So we take people um, along with us and, you know, in, in lieu of um, the sort of bigger interest amounts, um, they they will actually sort of walk to walk with us. Um, and as you know, Patricia, I'm, I'm someone that walks a walk and not just talk, talks, talks a talk. Um, you know, what I actually do, I, I document, I try and document all the time um, in my sort of photographs and my drone flying and stuff like this. Um, and, you know, I can take people along on the, on that journey. And and to be honest, I mean, you know, I constantly hear it in club room, clubhouse rooms and, you know, it's already been mentioned in, in a couple of rooms this morning that I've been in. And that is sort of people just trying to dive dive in a little bit too big too too fast and you know that that is where you can get burnt and that's where you sort of problems could arise so you know I, I think I alluded to it earlier you know I one thing I enjoy is actually helping people get their own foot in in the door and helping people actually achieve things that they don't know that that they can even do um and if I can there's an, there's enough stuff around in the UK, you know, I, I'm, I'm certainly can't cover it all. Um, and if I can get them going and sort of give them the confidence, um, give them sort of insights into my team and use, use a team possibly and, and sort of just, just push them in the right direction just by giving them the sort of the mindset and the confidence that I was given with my, my men mentors. Um, and yeah, that's what I enjoy doing. So it does vary. It really does vary between individuals um, as to whether, you know, we're talking about small amount or large amounts or, or whatever. And it's everything is customized. And I know that's I'm probably not answering your question straight there, but it it really does depend because at the end of the day, it must be fair for both parties. There's no point in it being stacked in my favour or my company's favour and not being in their favour. It has to be fair and even, and that is critical. We, we, all my companies are very ethical. Um, you know, it's taken me a long time to build up my credibility, and that could get ruined in seconds by, you know, not giving people what they want and what they deserve and everything else. So, so that's, that's important. So if that means me paying a bit more interest than I could probably get, get away with, then so be it. You know, I'm, I'm happy like that. That gives me, it allows me to sleep at night. So, um, hope, hopefully that answers that quest question for you, Patricia. Wow. It, it, it so resonated with me because again, for me, it's all about being able to sleep at night. You know, go to bed and just have a completely restful night. Obviously, there are going to be the days when you can't, you know, get that restful, you know, night because, you know, something's not going according to plan or, you know, something's happened. But in the main, you know, that that for me, peace, peace of mind, harmony in my life is just the most important thing. And that, you know, it's the same with you is, well, I shouldn't be surprised. I should not be surprised because <laughs> you are someone that I, I, I do admire. So now Ian, as the planning geek, <laughs> oh, everyone, every man and his dog is talking about um, 
you know, permissive development rights and all whatnot. But what I love about the internet, and I love this about the internet, is that you can actually trace when somebody started doing something. So when people reinvent themselves, I'm one of these people that likes to go to the very beginning and say, eh, you weren't always like this. But with you, that's not the case. Because you've always been in this and you've always, always, always been into planning. So I would love to no, ask I you. No, well, I well, haven't. Well, I, Okay, fine. Okay, the funeral director initially, but you get what I no, mean. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm going to actually. I, I hate disagreeing with someone who's in, interviewing me, but, but I really didn't. I really didn't. Um, you know, a lot of it has been self-taught, and I'm not. You know, um, it really has. I mean, the, the actual site itself. I started back in 2017, so we're approaching five years now. Um, but. I mean, I often say to people, oh, yes, I was a landlord when I was 18. Um, what I don't then go on to say is that, you know, I wasn't involved in property apart from, you know, working with my father to to build some offices and stuff like that. I I wasn't involved in property again for many, many years. Um, and, you know, it was only I only started again on this journey. I'm going to say probably i'd have to sort of check dates because i'm used to some dates i'm going to say sort of about eight, eight seven or eight years ago now um is when i started again um with a couple of re refurbs one in kent and one in lancashire um so no it hasn't been a it hasn't been a lifelong thing because for many years i sort of alluded to it earlier i i was quite ill with um me you might have heard of it or chronic fatigue syndrome so i had to give up work i couldn't do a nine to five or anything like that so i i tried to be self-employed for a long time failed miserably it really did i was useless and it wasn't until i got into property that the fire was lit within me and i had a passion i got trained in all sorts of strategies and then became a developer and then had to the planning came because of the fact that in order to know what I was looking for, I had to educate myself and learn about planning from, you know, the General Committee Development Order or GPDO for short, the Planning Acts and goodness knows what else. And I just thoroughly enjoyed that. And so I created a website because one way I learn is, is by writing things down. And if I create a website um, and, you know, I, I, I have my own server to host these on, um and i will create that web website in order to learn and so that was that was really why i started it um so yeah that's so, uh, ian uh, this mm. is me just kind of like and the way i talk so i must apologize but when Sorry? i meant you'd been in it from the very beginning in my mind i'm thinking there's a timeline starting with clubhouse so mm -hmm. pre clubhouse and post clubhouse, and all I was all I was all I was alluding to was that you were in this before clubhouse. You've not just mm. come onto clubhouse and oh, learned no. about it and reinvented yourself as an oh, expert, God, no. which so many people have done. You know, from mm. you can just you can track their tra trajectory from clubhouse before clubhouse zilch clubhouse yeah. they listened to a few people and then boom they're an expert so that's all <laughs> i was really i see i see going to that i, I was able no, to no. track 
you to before yeah. Clubhouse, which I should have said. You know, you yeah, don't just. My husband always says to me, people can't read your mind, you know, because <laughs> I, I say things like this. And then he goes, oh, what do you mean? And I get really frustrated. I'm thinking, is it, is it, is it not obvious? And he goes, people can't read your mind, you know. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. So um, all of this planning and, and stuff and permitted developments, can you just kindly take us through the thing that's just driving everyone, it seems, crazy. It's like, oh, commercial to resi, commercial to resi, commercial to resi. So mm-hmm. um, I'm sure lots of people would love to hear about it. Um, can you just take us through what people need to be aware of if they are looking to do it or if they're already doing it, just to come like, you know, just double check and make sure that they are doing it right. Well, I mean, first of all, with permitted development, it's far more than just, yes, I mean, you've said commercial to resi, but to be honest, that is just one small part of it. Um, and my advice is, I mean, you've got two, you've got two parts really. So you've got, um, alterations to your own dwelling where, where you live. Um, and then you've got, conversions and they really are two different beasts and they will apply to property people in in different ways um and the one the biggest tip i always give people is maximize what you already have before you look beyond that so for example with your um residential dwelling um you you have a lot of permitted development rights um, as far as putting extensions on, uh, you know, putting, um, converting the loft perhaps or attic to, to a room up there, uh, putting a dormer on the rear, uh, Velux type windows to the front, um, perhaps side extensions, all these sorts of things. It's all permitted development rights. Um, yes, I would caveat that by saying that yes, there is a chance that your permitted development rights may have been removed by either an Article 4 or a um, a, a, cons- a restriction on uh, planning, uh, the pre- previous planning application. So you just have to be a little bit careful. But it's a general general rule. You do have pretty good rights to actually expand your own property or indeed expand a property that you've bought. So, you know, before just thinking, oh, I'm, I'm just going to knock this down or I'm going to renovate or I'm going to convert it, have a look and think, well, what can I do with the existing building? You know, um, you know, can I build another property to the side or am I better putting a side extension on? You know, you can go up to 50% of the width of the existing property as a side extension, for example. Um, or you can go out, uh, depending upon whether it's detached or semi-detached and depending upon whether you go to lar- larger home extensions, you can go up to eight meters in distance uh as a as a depth for a single story extension you know on a detached property so you can add a pretty sizable stuff um and the other thing is out outbuildings um you can cover your curtilage which is basically the land around your property so that's the land at the front side back etc of your of your garden if you like um all together and you can cover that land by up to 50% uh, for any extensions, outbuildings and that. And, um, you know, quite often now, you know, we, a lot of people working from home. So 
you know, home offices. It's, it's all permitted development rights. And in most cases to your household, you can just go ahead, go ahead and do, do that. You don't need to contact the local authority. Um, you might, you, you will probably need to contact, uh, sort of building control and stuff like that, but that's not planning. That's, that's building control or something different. Um, but as long as you've met them, you can, you can, in most cases, you can just go ahead and carry out that, that work. Um, the other side of it is, um, as you say, is, is sort of, you know, chain, chain, changes of use or temp, temporary uses, uh, both of which are, um, valuable in their different ways. Um, but for changes of use, you know, we are talking about taking, um, things like sort of shops and restaurants and offices and stuff like that, um, which are all now under what's called use class E. Um, and you can actually convert those to residential dwellings subject to what is called a prior approval. Now, a prior approval is, okay, let me, let me just backtrack here a little bit for you, Patricia. The General Committed Development Order 2015 as amended, and those two words are key there because it has been amend, amended um, over 20 times, almost 20, 25 times now. Um, that is your planning permission in effect. So the GPDO for short is your planning permission. However, for certain things, like especially like changes of use, you will need a 56 day prior approval application. And this generally will cost you a hundred pound per, per dwelling. Now the prices have slowly risen over the last few years, but this will allow you to convert, um, you know, larger buildings or even smaller buildings for that matter into a number of dwellings. And you may only be converting it into one. You may be converting it into 10, 12, 14, whatever it might be, depending upon the size. So you can look at a lot of different current uses. And for those that don't know, and I appreciate everyone is on this journey at a different state stage. And there's certain things you may think, oh, what? Use, use class? What on earth is that? So use, the use class is the last legal use of a building within England. And I'll just say that it was within England because I concentrate mainly on English planning law. Um, similar rules apply else, elsewhere in the UK and elsewhere in the world. But um, I have to concentrate predominantly on English planning law. Um, so each building will have its own last legal use. And last year, um, we, we had use class E come into use, which is a very, very powerful one. And that allows us now that contains things like restaurants, shops, offices, gyms, uh, GPs, nurseries, uh, stuff like this, all within use class E. And class MA conversion allows you to go from any of those to um, residential. So it is powerful. It is good. But again, you have to know the leg legislation. You have to know the words that are in the leg legislation to make sure that you you comply because there's no point in in going all the way down and then getting your application thrown out because you you've misinterpreted the rules or anything else um so yeah just just making sure you have accurate information and uh and yes i mean that's what i aim to do with with planning geek to be honest and try and give accurate information and guide people in in the best way i can so ian um in terms of you know 
and I hope people don't think that this is like, you know, a pitch fest because it isn't. I honestly do think that, you know, what you do and the services that you offer can greatly assist people who are in that area. Um, and I know that you do consultations. So people, if you're interested, go to Ian's website. You know, his consultations are very affordable. You know, if you're in development, they are extremely affordable. Um, let no one say, oh, you know, that is expensive. It is not expensive. Um, but can I just ask you, Ian, airspace rights mm. and airspace developments. Mm -hmm. Can you just talk us through, just very briefly through those, um, if you're able to? Because yeah, if anything... Sure. Sorry? Yes, go on, carry on. Yes, yes, sure. I mean... Because I was going to say... Go on. Sorry, I've interrupted you. No, Sorry. no, 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 you go. I think, I think <laughs> I've made myself clear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, this came in probably about a year ago now. Um, and this potentially allows you to um, create um, additional floors on top of an existing building. Um, so there are, most of it is in what's called part 20. Um, the GPDO is, is split down into uh, 20 different components. It's not all about property. I mean, even the, even it even describes what the Her, Her Majesty can do in in uh, you know in in on royal royal properties and stuff like that. It, it covers what mobile phone companies can do, stuff stuff like this. So it's far beyond just conversions. And part 20 was the latest bit to be added. And so this allows you to put items above, items above shops, um, items above banks, for example, um, light industrial buildings, um, research and development, stuff like this. It allows you to actually put uh, floors above those or indeed to actually demolish um, existing uh, buildings and then create the, on the same footprint, uh, create that plus another couple of floors. So light industrial, for example, um, it allows you to actually sort of demolish that uh, or indeed offices and demolish those and then build, rebuild that as flats and then put another couple of floors on top. Um, you can also do it under uh, part one, which is for the dwelling houses, which I mentioned earlier, extensions, stuff like that. And that is actually to take perhaps a bungalow and put an extra floor on top to make that a house. Um, that will, you know, and then, in fact, you'll then have full PD rights as long as they don't get removed, and they'll be allowed, allowed to put rear, a double-story rear extension on, uh, side extensions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so you actually sort of turn that bungalow, for, for example, into a, a much larger property. However, there is a big caveat with all of these in airspace and that is the fact that there are a lot more hoops to jump through than ordinary conversions so whilst on paper it looks great and the permitted development rights are there um to all intensive purposes it's not far short of a full application because there are a lot of things that um you know that that the local authority will want to look at you know, um, over, overlooking loss of privacy, you know, stuff like this that could affect 
um, neighbours around. And, you know, if you take a, an, an average estate and I'm upstairs in, in my office now and, you know, I'm just looking out the window and I can see sort of two or three houses behind me. And, and whilst in theory those could have an extra couple of storeys put on top, um, to be honest, I wouldn't really want it. Uh, because they would be overpowering in the in the setting in which which they are, so things like that are not going to work. Um, however, where where these things do work, and where I encourage my mentees and other people to look, is to take a walk down your high street, take a walk down down the shopping streets, um, and start instead of we all we always walk down these roads looking at the floor making sure we don't tread in anything and just we just got our heads down we don't look up and i would urge anyone list, listening to start looking up and you can do this obviously on google street view as well um but start looking up and having a look at your buildings and where um the line of the top floors isn't con- consistent so quite often in back in the 70s and 80s, you may well have found older buildings were demolished and a smaller building perhaps put in there. Um, you know, I can think of a few examples where, where that happened with banks. You know, they just put the bank in there and perhaps a floor above with offices, but either, either side, you know, they, they were taller three or four story buildings. Um, but the bank didn't need that. So the bank just built what it required. Um, so in those sort of circumstances, those are where, um, airspace is a lot easier or potentially easy, easier because you're almost doing an infill of the airspace. So you're actually sort of leveling up the, the, um, sort of the, the roof line, if you like, of that shopping area. So things, things like that have a look at, um, as far as the airspace, but I think the, the strongest thing I can say here, and it goes back to my earlier thing about uh, your team, having a team around you. And as far as airspace is concerned, one of the most critical people to have around with you is a structural engineer, because you can get your permission, um, and which may say, yes, you can put one or two floors on the building. But if those foundations can't actually take those additional floors, then you ain't going to be building that. Or if you do, um, you'll, you'll come, you'll come, you'll come to regret that. Um, so you have to make sure that your foundations, uh, can actually take, take that, um, up, up, upwards growth. Um, that may be done by sort of soil tests and stuff like this, but you know, there are various ways they can test it or dig down, et cetera, to actually check the foundations, but you just need to make sure that, your foundations are strong enough. It's like any, it's like being in business, Patricia. You know, if your foundations aren't right, you ain't going to go very far and it's all going to tumble down and you're going to regret it. So just, you know, make sure your foundations in life are, are right. Okay. So uh, thank you, Ian. So uh, uh, just, just looking at this picture that you've painted for us, if the foundations are not well, obviously, as you've alluded to, this would be something that a structural engineer would be able to advise on. But if 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 the foundations are not up to scratch, what would a normal commercial solution be? Would it be underpinning? Would it be you know, piling, you know, for additional um, um, support, yeah. or, or what would one do? 
yeah, you're going to have to obviously strength, strength, strengthen those foundations at the end of the day. And, and the options are varied. Um, but again, this is, and it depends upon your, your, your constraints, because if you've got a, if you've got a, a typical property, do you, do you even own the rights at the front to be able to do your stuff? Um, it may just be at the back and you probably don't have the ability at the sides. So again, you know, is that practical? Is it, is it financially viable to do it? And that's where you're keen, you need to sort of get an idea probably early on before you start investing money in applications, engaging a, a planning expert, or whatever, you know, getting the, getting the, making sure that these basics are right. And, you know, there's not much point in, in sort of spending, you know, 50,000, 100,000, whatever it might be, improving the foundations if all that money is just going to, you know, just swallow up any potential profit. So, you know, I'm not trying to evade your answer, your question, but what I would say is, Always get professional advice. Whatever you're doing in property, make sure, you know, right people, right people, right price at the right time. Just get those in place because otherwise you'll spend a heck of a lot more. And, you know, as you said, you know, when people come and do a session with me, I would rather guide them on that right path and put them right than perhaps thinking, oh, well, I can do this and this and this. And, and some of the times I, I have to be blunt and honest and say, I'm afraid this isn't going to work for whatever reason. However, this might work. Have you looked at this? Because always have a plan B and a plan C. Because if you've got that building and you can't go up, for example, you know, what else can you do with that building? Especially if you've bought the building or you're, you know, you're perhaps you're renovating that building. Um, what else can you do with it? What, what else can you maximize? Are there other permitted development rights? Can you go use class L to go into an HMO, for example? You know, can you do service accommodation? Can you, can you do co, co-living? Can you, whatever, you know, are there other options that you haven't thought of? You know, I, I enjoy thinking outside the box and that's one thing I enjoy doing in life. And if I can think outside the box a little bit and come up with plans B, C, D, whatever, then perhaps, you know, the foundations, Altering those is is probably not a viable option in most cases. Great stuff, honestly. I've been so looking forward to this, um, and I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning from what every time you open your mouth, I'm learning, um, which is just great for me. Um, but um, some of the things that you've stressed here, they're the reasons why I don't do those things. Because again, I love to have like peaceful nights, no stress, no whatever. And I remember a friend of mine who went into developing and um, so she bought the land and and she's actually, she's a, what is she? She's she's a civil engineer, that's it. And um, anyway, so they, they dug their foundations and apparently the land was waterlogged and that was such a big problem and they had to resolve it. And I thought, well, if she, didn't have the knowledge that she had I don't know that they'd have been able to even break even on that site um so it's it's things it's it's the unknown and the unknown just I I, I don't like the unknown <laughs> um, it is and I think you have to 
it's getting out of the ground, which can be one of the more expensive parts. I mean, in our in our um, west westward Ho Northern site, um, knowing what's beneath the ground was was important to us. Um, we have a we 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 have a, the main sewer for the entire town run, running through the site. Um, we 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 have another sewer which we are having to divert around the edge of the site. Um, and we, we had to sort of cat scan the entire site to see what else is, is beneath the ground. Um, so, you know, that, that will cost money, um, and will cost money to actually sort of solve and, and get going. But, um, it's a case of trying to mitigate that as much as possible on any site and to be prepared, you know, dig, dig the test pits. You know, can you do something before you buy it? You know, can you actually get on there and, you know, do some surveys and stuff like that. Can you work with a vendor to actually allow you to conduct some surveys, uh, which which may sort of show up this sort of water table issue or what whatever it may uh, may be. So yeah, you may have to spend a little bit of money, but may may be your saving in the long run if you suddenly discover something that will will mean that the site is not viable all of a sudden. Uh, because some of these things can cost an arm and a leg. Um, and especially if you unearth, you know, one thing I love doing is finding a history of a site. So because one thing you, one thing you really don't want to do is suddenly start digging down and finding you're on the, you know, you've got archaeology beneath you and, you know, that can delay a project for a long time and cost you an awful lot of money. Um, but again, you know, finding out the history of a site, has it always been a greenfield site? You know, what was on there before? Was there contamination? You know, was it used as a, you know, 50 years ago as a, as a fuel depot or something? You know, in fact, it's all overgrown now. You know, what was the history of that site? Try and try and research that, folks, and try and you know discover that because that will save you money in the long longer run. Don't don't just turn up on the mon- Monday morning and expect everything to be rose rose roses. It may just come and bite bite you in the backside. That there is amazing advice because lots of people now they're just looking for land and it's like oh gosh I see that land I'm going to bid on it you know I want it I'm going to develop I'm going to be a big developer I'm going to have so many units and you are talking about the practicalities of buying land or 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 taking land and building on it oh so important so so important um so Ian what so we've we've spoken about PD rights and things. Is there anything in in property in in development that you particularly enjoy? And again, I'll ask the the opposite side, you know, of that question that you don't enjoy at all that you wished you didn't ever have to deal with. Um, I suppose two things, and I'm I'm going to give you an honest answer to be honest. Um, two things that I thoroughly enjoy, and please don't make it think it makes you sound arrogant. It's not. I'm not. I'm not like that as a person, as you know. But uh, making money, I've got to be honest with you. Um, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, we're all in this game to make to make money. Um, because if you don't make a profit, then 
you know, there's, there's, there's little point in actually doing it. So, you know, making, making money is, is something that I enjoy doing. I'm not going to hide from that fact. Um, but also, and I, and I think I mentioned it earlier is helping others. I've always been that sort of person throughout my life. It's always sort of been someone that, that enjoys helping others. Um, and actually sort of trying to put them on, on the right path trying to correct them, trying to help them when they muck up. And I, you know, a lot of that I can do with my own mistakes. I make, you know, you, you may be sitting there thinking, oh, you know, Ian's just got it all worked out. It's perfect, wonderful, happy days. Well, that's probably as far from the truth as you can get it because I've made, I've made humdinger of mistakes over the last few, few years. Um, but I learned from them and I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm relaunching the podcast. And the one thing I try and do on the podcast is actually, you know, be honest with people and say, look, I've screwed up here. I've mucked up. Um, I did this wrong. I thought that was the best part, but I've learned from it. Please don't make the same mistake I made. Um, this is what I did wrong. This is how I corrected the mistake. And this is how I got around it and how I've learned from it. So, you know, so that's to me is another thing about helping other people it's not me being self selfish and keeping it if i can help other people um and your 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 first question was sort of you know what do i hate um i'm not a builder i'm not a builder um please don't ask me to come into your house to put a shelf up uh unless 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 you want your wall demolishing um i'm useless here i'm useless at diy it's not something that I'm an expert on. I, I have people to do that for me in the, in, in my team. Um, so I suppose in a way, one thing that I, it's not a case of hating. It's a case of perhaps struggling with a little bit is understanding all the building technologies and all the building sort of phrases and all that. Um, so I suppose I need to, educate myself more on those sorts of things because I don't understand it. And if I don't understand something, I sort of struggle with that particular side of the business. But it's not all about me. It's not all about Jonathan. It's about the people that work with us on site. So, yes, I I don't need to know, um, you know, whether, um, you know, stormwater pipe um, is of the right dimensions or whatever. You know, I've got the team there to to plan that out and to do everything. Um, so I suppose in a way I don't have to, but it's probably one thing that I do struggle with. And I'm not saying I don't enjoy it, but if I don't understand something or, or have good good knowledge, then perhaps it's, I don't sit comfortably with, with that. So, But I, I enjoy the journey, Patricia. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I enjoy talking about it, as you can hear. Um, and I enjoy, I enjoy it. And actually, I enjoy making mistakes. Which probably sounds a bit <laughs> weird, but I, if I don't make mistakes, I'll not, I'll not progress and I'll not learn and I'll not get better in whatever I'm doing. Um, and yeah, so that's what I enjoy doing. Philosophical as well. <laughs> right. Honestly, Ian, thank you so, 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 so much. Um, we are literally going to be um, finishing off. Um, just um, in um, a moment, 
Um, so I don't know if there's any message that you might want to give to the listeners, if at all there's, there's something that you'd like to share, and I've not even asked you about it, because I we don't plan these things, and I've not planned it. And because I, I think it's just best to just relax and just have a, a nice conversation as we have done. And I've learned so much more about you as well, um, which is the whole, you know, I'm so self-indulgent. So I'm doing a podcast so I can get to know people better. <laughs> well, yeah. And you know, people can learn as well. It's all good. Um, so, Ian, is there anything that I've missed out that you would like to share with people? I don't think so. I think we've covered most of it. Um... But, you know, what I, what I would just say to people is have confidence in yourself. Um, when I, when I came back into, um, property, I, I spent a shed load of money on my education. I spent a shed load of money, which to be quite frank, I didn't have on my ment- mentors. Um, and the one thing I got from them was conf- confidence. You know, if you'd done this, if you'd had this interview, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, whatever it was, um, you, you, you'd have been talking to a, to a different Ian completely, because uh, the confidence wasn't there, um, and the self-belief wasn't there that I can actually achieve stuff. Um, I almost reinvented, um, you know, I'm, I was probably about 50 when I sort of started to reinvent myself. So, you know, I've started sort of late in life, um, doing, doing that, but I suppose in a way it also proves to other people the fact that it doesn't matter how old or how young you are you can do it um it's not too too late late in life um to actually start your your property journey or to resurrect it or continue it uh but have confidence in yourself have confidence in your ability to actually achieve stuff and you will achieve stuff and i'm confident about that um and look yes if I can help people, great, wonderful. It's not always a case of charging people, whatever, but it's, it's a case of being able to help people and to guide them. And, uh, you know, half the time I'm just answering emails, you know, from stuff people will send me an email and I'll, I'll send them a quick reply back. And if that helps, then great. But just have confidence in yourself. Have a confidence in your ability to progress in your journey. Um, and just, Educate yourself. I think, you know, listening to Clubhouse is a great platform, as is, as is Facebook, as is other stuff where you can actually ask people who document their journey, you know, and probably do, do that as well. I'm, so I'm bouncing around a little bit here, Patricia, but document your journey. Um, tell people what you do. And, and I, I, I mean, unfortunately, there seems to be a bug on the app at the moment because I, I went in to update my pro profile and they actually removed the entire profile of it. Um, so tell people what you actually do. Um, you know, doc, document your journey, take photographs, take photographs all the time. Um, you know, do that, do record it, post it on Instagram, post it on Facebook, post it wherever, because if people don't, they, they can't mind read. You said that earlier about yourself, Patricia, you know, you know, people can't read your mind as to what you, you mean or you're saying or what's, what you want even to tell people. Just, just tell people, shout it from the rooftops. Um, and if you make mistakes, hey, look, hi guys, I made a mistake. How do I fix it? And I'll bet your bottom dollar that somebody will come along and say, 
you know, Mary, Fred, John, whatever your name is, you know, you can do this or, or contact this person or contact that person and they can help help you out and they can and solve your problems. So, yeah, just ask and, yeah, and receive and help. I hope that helps, Patricia. Definitely. Ask and you shall receive. Ian, thank you for doing this with me. And if you're in the room and you're not already following Ian, please just tap on his face and do follow him. And then if you if you want to be notified every time he talks, tap on the bell icon and then you'll be notified. So where will this recording be? It will be on Clubhouse for sure. It'll be under Ian's profile and it will be under mine and it will be under maximizing property pound 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 so that's the club maximizing property values but uh, clubhouse wouldn't let me write values so that's why it's maximizing property pound 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 it would be there as well and it will also be in a podcast which will be released on wednesday so wednesday week the podcast will be released so if you uh, if you're not already subscribed you can subscribe through the link above and then you won't miss it otherwise just 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 search for it it will be there or go onto my website again you can find it there and next week we've got another doctor who's going to come and talk to us dr elizabeth Aitayo. she is as the person behind medics on fire so everyone thank you very much for spending your afternoon with us and i look forward to seeing you next week have a great great week ian thank you very much no thank you thank you thank thank you patricia for the invite and uh, it's been a thoroughly enjoyable last 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 hour so have fun have wonderful and document and enjoy your property journey thank you